I don't know. Maybe that's long enough. I have sad news. I'm not. Uh, Kobe I mean, Bryant died. No. Well, no. he did die. He don't did say die. no. No, we're not there yet. No. Oh. This last weekend was Jared. I mean, I thought it was pretty sad. Jared Fogel molested children. That's sad. Jared of Folk Hogan's last show. Yeah, Bree was telling me that yesterday. What's, yes. he, what's he doing? He got a better job? Yeah, he, he just wants to focus on the job that well, he has. He, so. Yeah, he has a job, but he has a chance at a promotion. You know, and, I love those guys. Um, and I, If you listen to that show, we really gave him a hard time, like you just said, with the whole Jared Fogel name, and he was a good sport about oh, it. Oh, yeah. So. I forgot about <laughs> that. <laughs> but, okay, so, but really, like, at some point in your life, you have to realize, like, well, this, he's been with them since the beginning. Yeah, so. like at some point you go, yeah, it's great, but I've got this other opportunity that's right. like Folk Hogan's fantastic, but I don't think any of them are kidding themselves like they're going to hit it huge. No, but a, they have a lot of tour. Like they're going back to Europe this year. Like there's a lot of touring that they have planned. And it's and so. really hard to do that sometimes with certain jobs. Right. And if you have a real opportunity to kind of take that next step somewhere. Well, are, are they... Are they making enough that it's paying for it, or are they paying for that European tour out of their pockets? Um, Maybe um, you should ask them that question. <laughs> my guess would be they're making enough to kind of pay for it in general, yeah. but they're probably having to foot some of the expenses. Yeah. And it's certainly not easy, like taking that much time off of work and stuff like that to tour around Europe. So it'd be like it's us. Be awesome. Though. It'd be like us doing a European tour, recording live at Peter's house. You know, even the band. would love. That. <laughs> he told me to tell everybody hi, but I don't think anybody heard last week. So, you know, I don't think any of the bands, even if you're touring like like relatively locally, like around the West Coast and stuff, like you still you might be on the road for two or three weeks, driving from town to town, doing little bar shows and stuff, and that's not like it's not conducive to a job, <laughs> like a a, yeah. a a a high profile job that that you know maybe is that next step in your career. So I just wanted to wish him well. Even Baskin Robbins will find out. <laughs> they always. Oh, uh, I have. I have to tell somebody posted the other day like a list of pe- places that will hire felons. Baskin Robbins was not on that list. Well, that's why they always find out. They'll find out if you are a felon. They'll find out. Um, this is uh, the new Utah podcast, by the way, <laughs> not uh, felon job search. Um, Speaking of felons, Chris is going to be an uncle again. <laughs> whoa, that's whoa. My brother. He's, uh, my brother sent me a message last night. Um, okay, so. Hold on, let's take it back. Yeah, episode 192. This is episode 192 of the New Utah Podcast. This show is, I promise, about Utah. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get to Utah. Um, w- Will Colgan's about Utah? So, my comment earlier, I think I'm going to redo the intro so that we don't have to say this shit every time. Because as fun as it is, we forget sometimes. Like, I forget to say I'm Chris. And I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jessica. Hey. Fuck you. Say your name. <laughs> I'm Bree. See, that's why we need an intro. Yeah. By the way, my mom has been listening to the show. That's uh oh. Is that she's like, don't you don't need to do like a shout out or anything? And I was like, but I can because it's my just, podcast. Just fucking. She's happen. like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> God, I hate how many people at work listen to the damn show. Did she say? I just thought it was cute. Like, I didn't know that my mom would like do yeah. something like that. It, it is. It is funny at work. Like sometimes someone's like, oh yeah. I haven't listened to your show yet. I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Right. Like, or when my parts manager's like, hey, I listened to your, because he lives in Syracuse. He's like, hey, I listened to your podcast the other day. I was like, oh, you did? Breeze what office. What episode? Breeze office. Yeah. <laughs> That's always my first question. So what episode did you, Socks did and you porno? listen to? Oh my God, that episode is so old. It's not, it's not just one episode. That was like a running thing for like so, six months. So Raven contacted me the other day about getting some pictures from our visit. 
That was episode 55. From, to McGrew Studios? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Just after the first year. I know. It yeah. was just a little mind-blowing. 192 episodes. We're getting close to four years, right? Just about. 208, right? Yep. May 26th. We got to do something fun. Some kind of Cinco de Mayo celebration on the 26th of May. <laughs> or maybe the Chinese <gasps> New Can Year. you make those taco shells again? Wh- which taco shells? The, the only ones tacos? that you, yeah. Street tacos. Those are delicious. Oh, the corn, the corn, homemade corn tortillas? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's the metal rat year. It was like <laughs> here and gone and like nothing happened. I'm a little disappointed there wasn't more celebration locally. Um, if you go on Friday the 31st to the new Golden Dragon on State Street, they will have a, a dancing. Yeah, fucking like a week late. Well, there yeah, are other places, weekend. Roy. I know. I went there and ate on the tr- on the Lunar New Year. I went. I went to the Asian Superstore yesterday. Well, just Ocean City, uh, Ocean Mart, I guess is what it's called. And uh, they had a whole bunch of like celebrational stuff they have on so sale. Much candy. Yeah, they really do. My favorite are the ones that are like the textures of butterfingers that are in the little foil wrappers. No idea what you're talking about. I'm gonna bring you some. Have you seen those favorite. weird Kit Kats like? Like, yes, like, green tea. It's disgusting. Are, oh, I oh, love no, green tea. So I think, I've never had them. I've just green tea so is good. good. The, the green tea Kit Kats Kit are Kat really good. Flavors. But we went. To, we went to, to waste time in between dinner and going to the movies on Saturday. We went to the market on thirty third. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I'm so excited. They carry my mini cucumbers that I love. Yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> of the the market. I I really still like the one the Southeast Asian market on like ninth, ninth South. Yeah, by but, Jesus House. But the one on thirty third is. Just the it's best. <laughs> and there's some really good restaurants right by it. Like that noodle place is supposed to be really good. The Korean Next time place that just opened the, the Chick Queen there, the Korean fried chicken, that's really that's good. That's in there. Next time you go, you have to go to the frozen section and they put ice cream inside like like a, like the styrofoam ice cream cone things, but it's like an ice cream sandwich. It's like a you fish. can share it with somebody and it's like a sandwich, but it's wrapped in an ice cream cone. Yeah, we talked about the ice cream fish before. They're great. They're one of my favorite treats from that place for sure. Don't listen to Jess about green tea Kit Kats. So they're really good. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go, going back to uh, I don't remember what we were talking about. You're felon, but uh, yeah. So I was actually going to talk about the trip to um, the boxing gym on Monday when I got pulled over <laughs> prior to my felon brother texting me. Um, we were running late because I was trying to throw something together in the instant pot for dinner after we got back. Didn't turn out well, by the way. Really mushy rice for the first okay. time ever. It was, the flavor was decent. But I think there was probably too much liquid in it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I needed to cut back on the liquid a little bit. Probably because I rinsed the rice first because I find that it makes better texture for rice in the Instant Pot. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. I got pulled over for, um, so I was driving and I was driving the way I normally drive, which is sometimes to slalom through cars that are going too slow for me. And it's not that I speed super bad, like 50 and a 40 is not horrific, I guess. I, I guess it depends on the person. Dog, stop it. Enough. She's like wagging her tail and bouncing on the table over there. Um, anyway, uh, but he, like, coming the opposite way of us, I see the lights go on as I pass him, and I see him going to the center lane, and I <laughs> turn to Bri, and I'm like, yep, he's pulling me over. She's like, you think? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... But as I'm like going to pull over, I'm like, there's no way he knew I was speeding because he was, there's no way his radar was running. You can't, you can't tag going the opposite direction. But I'm like, I guess I'll just turn into this neighborhood for him. 
because I'm not going to pull over on 62nd South. That's fucking horrendous. Yeah, so there's no shoulder or anything. I, I see him turn around, and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's definitely coming for me. So I turn into the neighborhood, and I'm pretty sure, because I think I heard a siren go off right before he pulled behind me. I'm pretty sure he thought I was trying to get away, but I just pulled over, and he comes up. He's like, <laughs> what were you doing? make a run for it. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, I was speeding. He's like, that's a little reckless, don't you think? I'm like... You're like, I was just trying to get around some people. Yeah, he's like... That was like NASCAR driving, what you did there. You <laughs> said that? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, what a fucking dumbass. <laughs> um, so he's like, what's the hurry? I'm like, we're running late to get to the gym for the thing. He's like, is your gym in Ochre Shadows, which is the neighborhood we pulled into? Because he knows damn well there's nothing there. You know? It's a fucking but neighborhood. But the park is over the other way. And and he's, and I go, so I leaned over, and I'm all, no, it's in Mill Creek and Chris goes, we're going to title boxing. And so he takes Chris's ID and stuff and he comes He's like, back. I don't need your insurance or your registration. Is the car registered to you? I'm like, yeah. I knew at that point he wasn't writing me a ticket because he didn't get any of that shit. Get out from under there. So he goes to the car, comes back. He gives me a stupid talking to about going not too fast. Not being a NASCAR driver? No, not well, even goes, that. You're only going to get like five minutes, get there like five minutes faster. That's true, but it's five minutes that I can make But I up. felt like saying... Well, yeah, but if if it means the difference between being on time and being late. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I was so I got off. Everyone was pissed that I didn't get a ticket, but it's like I told my daughters later at night. I'm a middle-aged white man with a clean driving record. Do you really think I'm going to get a ticket for that? I wondered though, because it wasn't. He didn't pull him over for speeding. He pulled him over for reckless driving, <laughs> which seems a little more. But he's like, I'm just being honest. I'm a middle-aged white guy with a. But it was like he was like you were weaving. <laughs> he was like, why did you pull into this neighborhood? And Chris goes, I just knew you were going to pull me over. I didn't want to make you get out on sixty. That was seconds. like when I got pulled over in Illinois, moving to New Jersey, and it, I was going like eighty-six in a in fog. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, and I don't I, even fucking do that. And I saw the cop and my mom was sleeping and I was like, mom, I'm getting pulled over. Like he hadn't even pulled out yet. <laughs> and then he was like, why are you going so fast? And I was like, I'm trying to stay ahead of the store. There there was one time um, I was flying like a hundred plus in, in Wyoming heading uh, to visit my parents and I fly past a, a Wyoming HP and I'm like, oh, fuck. And there was this other dude going roughly the same speed as me with like Michigan plates. And I still had Wyoming plates at the time, but there was an exit like a mile up from me. And I'm like, as soon as I saw the cop, I went, fuck. I didn't slow down. The other guy kind of slowed down. I fucking gunned it. Get off on the exit, go under and like stay under the underpass <laughs> for the exit so you can't see. And like fucking sat there for like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, it's safe. So I flip around, get back on the freeway, you know, going the speed limit. And like two miles up the road, I see the cop has the other guy pulled over. I'm like, nice. yes. Because that's like go to jail ticket, how fast I was going. That I think time. I evaded the police on the freeway the other day. I was cruising along in the morning and it was dark and I saw a cop and I was and and I was like, crap. So I started to move over because I'm like, well, he's going to pull me over. I should be in the slow lane. But it took him a minute to get out. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to like keep going. And so I like got behind like a semi for a minute and then I got in front. And then it was like close to the time I was going to exit. So I just kind of stayed over there. But I'm pretty sure he was pulling out to get me. <laughs> but because there was a semi and there was enough traffic that it took him a second, like, to turn on his lights and for people to, like, slow down, slash move he out of the like way and stuff. Again. He was like, yeah. So anyway, so we get to the gym and I get a text from my brother that said, I have an early birthday present for you. Um, you're Maybe gonna, you should come to uh, you're, you're gonna, Green River. Uh, you, you have a new niece on the way. Her due date is July 19th, which is my birthday. And I'm like, 
Oh, that's nice. I said congrats. He hasn't responded since then. Um, and Bree's like, should I send Misty uh, uh-huh. congratulations? I'm like, no, because you don't know if it's hers yet. <laughs> that's this is my brother we're speaking about right like i'm like mm, i wouldn't do that because also like it has to be an accident right because she has kids that are my kids age that are grown and out of the house and my brother has younger kids because he's you know he doesn't know how to use a fucking condom um but he has he has a daughter that's she's got to be 16 ish now uh and then dominic's like probably six i think or seven maybe no i think he's something five or six yeah he's young but still the still like now he's got a new baby maybe on the way that's and he's my age. He's not that much. Maybe than me. it sounds pretty sure. I mean, he could punch her in the stomach or something. I don't know. Oh. I'm just kidding, people. That's like Law and Order SVU Fuck, stuff. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't support punching people in the stomach for abortions. There's other ways to do that. Well, and the other thing is, is wasn't he just like <laughs> no liar? I'm not apologizing for abortions. I think I they're was fine. going to make a, a Joan Crawford. Oh. Wasn't he just like saying he wasn't sure if he wanted to stay with her? The well, other day that was too? like that was like two years ago. So no, I, yeah, it was a while ago. No, it was the last time he was here, and we went to the blue iguana. It was like maybe a year ago. That was the red iguana, but yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what we go to the blue iguana? It's not like there's not a blue iguana. It's like no. I just randomly made up some name. I like it too because it's not as pretentious as the fucking red iguana. Um, anyway, that's that was my uh, my fun story from the last week. I didn't really do anything this weekend. It was nice. I took time off for once. So, uh, Jeremy, that's good. So, I, yeah, bees. I'm worried about the dead? bees. For Have me. you looked? For, well, okay. So, for a number of reasons, I'm worried about the bees. First of all, I've I've looked probably two or three weeks ago. I looked, and then about a week and a half ago, I looked, and I can't see anything. That that doesn't mean anything yet because they like move to the center. So it, just because if you like put your hand on it, can you feel them humming in the winter? <sighs> Not really, because they go to the they go to the center, the center, center. So I think you need to install a camera. That'd be cool. We can use a stethoscope. Just like a wireless webcam that's got, uh, or I guess you'd have to have a power wire for it, maybe. Yeah, but you'd have to block it somehow because they just inc- no. That's <laughs> easy. You just cock around where the the cord comes out. They would encapsulate the camera, probably. The camera, That's what so. I was trying to say. So, so there have been years where they've wintered, where looking in the little window, I you couldn't see anything. Them. And then when I opened it up, they're there. So I'm not. I mean, eh, what's really worrying me is our our freaky weird weather, and it's supposed to be 55 this weekend. And then it's supposed to drop 20 degrees the next day. Yeah, which they're at 55, they're like, oh, it's I think you should go time. dump ice all over there, the hive, so they think <laughs> that think it's, it's colder. colder. Just put some fucking so, blocks of ice on top of it. So if they've survived, which is still a gamble, this when we have this, the weird spikes in weather, and then they come out, and then it freezes. In fact... Air conditioning unit. It's, <laughs> no. it's supposed to be like 55... Saturday, and then like twenty. Just plug the hole on Saturday. Just so, like so, like so, like with a cork. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious because you have corks for the hole. So like right. Friday night, just go and plug the fucking hole Sunday. and keep them in there all day Saturday, and unplug it on Sunday. It just worries me. What when we have these weird spikes in the weather? That would be fine because they would just shit inside the hive and then push the shit out later, right? Probably. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> trap their asses in there for a day. Yeah. This, Isn't that what you should do? I mean, it's not really natural, but fuck. If there's what? any chance of them living, you're probably right. Yeah. So it just worries me when when the, we have this weird weather that it should not be 55. 
No, we're not in fucking beginning of February into January, January, February. And I mean, technically, we should have two feet of snow on the ground, too. We've got none. We had rain that turned into ice on my driveway a few days ago. Yeah, that was the weirdest, like, slushy. It was like rain, and then it turned to snow for like 20 minutes, and we got up the next morning, it was like a sheet of ice with a little bit of like slushy snow on top. Well, so they keep talking about all these snowstorms, and they've all just kind of blown past us. The the mountains mountains. have gotten it, but down here, it's been just weird. I just don't, and then I don't want a repeat of last year, where everything bloomed super early. Oh, God, that was bad. Yeah, that was bad. Because, uh, like we've talked about before, but I didn't get a single apple last year. All of my apple trees, all the blossoms. Well, and I, yeah, and I think that's the case with a lot of people. I yeah. Oh, yeah. It seemed like harvest was down everywhere. It was, it was rough because it warmed up super early. Everything started to bloom, and then we had a couple of frosts. And I, The one advantage to that was cherry season lasted a really fucking long time last year. It did. It made, made good for cherries, but not for not just for about everything else. <laughs> Yeah, the cherries did good. Jess, have you seen any Sundance movies? Uh, no, I will be seeing them. Well, I was supposed to go on Sunday, but I've had a headache for like three days, so what? I had to cancel. Um, but I have two coming up this weekend. That's so that's a I bummer. S- did you give someone your ticket? It was a bummer. No, because it was associated with the pass that I had, my uh, all access pass, and so uh, yeah, I know it was a bummer. Because I really, Cause I really expensive. wanted to go to it, but that's also expensive. Oh uh, well, it was money, for right? Slam Dance, so they're about oh, half okay. the price of Sundance, but they're still more than going to the movie theater. So, but it's in full swing. I debated uh, busting out the City Weekly article or doing some reviews, but yeah, you can go read them yourself. Go to CityWeekly.net. <laughs> uh, those guys are great. They write a lot of really good reviews. Salt Lake Magazine also does yeah, a Salt lot. Lake Magazine does good ones. That's yeah. what Stuart takes pictures for. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, I remember that now. Has he been posting? I haven't really noticed. I'm sure he I have some very strong opinions about that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's fair to Jess and Stewart aren't fair any friends anymore. No, we like are, we're friends outside of that we're, situation. You, <laughs> 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 they're in a they're in a tiff right now. No. Three hundred and sixty days of the year they're friends. Yep. Five days of Sundance. That's they true. fucking hate each other. <laughs> Jess, Jess tries to poison his cupcakes. It's hate a, hates a strong word. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, Have you ever poisoned cupcakes? I mean, you can you can put your hand over your mic if. No, if you were going to do something, you'd have to pull like a like a Dumb and Dumber where you put like an X-Lux or something in it. I think you could do something like that. Uh, yeah, that's your faces. <laughs> well, because well, no, I'm poisoning somebody. Isn't no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so when we were in college, so this is old University of Utah dorms. The kids these days they don't know the the troubles. So there were no kitchens. There <laughs> Nobody were no, knows. There, there were no kitchenettes. There the was old not cinder block so, barracks. Yeah, there's there are three or four story buildings. Yeah, they're made out of cinder block. <laughs> and uh, if those ever caught fire, we all would have died. No, they didn't let you have microwaves in your room or fridges. Like they, they outlawed all of it, but everyone put them. We had them. Yeah, but, everyone, yeah. but they weren't supposed to be there. Uh, but you had one kitchen in the entire building, one stove, and it fed four floors of people. And there was one big communal fridge. We used to go uh, down there when we were, you know, we'd come back drunk at like one thirty, two in the morning. Do some shopping. Uh, yeah, go downstairs to the communal <laughs> fridge because, you know, that's the only thing that you have access well, to. let's be honest. Nobody 
who wanted their food left it yeah, in Yeah, they, they learned real fast. It only took like like the first couple weeks. Like, oh shit, my frozen pizzas are all gone. My name were on those. Yeah, dude, you fucking left a frozen pizza, like a nice DiGiorno frozen pizza in the freezer. At a college dorm. You dumbass. <laughs> but I, I used to remember people uh, would put, like, because they got tired of their milk getting drunk for their cereal, because they would put their communal milk in there, and so they would buy two half gallons and write on both of them things like, one of these is full of x <laughs> <laughs> Drink at your own risk. Awesome. <laughs> and I don't know if that I was actually true you could, or not. like, put, like, in the cupcakes, you put, like, extra, like, fiber powder, like... We had refrigerators. Just some fucking Metamucil, like a whole well, bottle of Metamucil. Well, we had refrigerators in yeah. our dorm. We built our, our beds up on the ceiling, and at one point, we had a swimming pool for a short period of time. In, in your dorm room? In the dorm room. Yeah. I could believe That's that. Just a little blow-up you were in pool. You were in Vanderbilt, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a rave there one night. In like, the basement? No, on, like, the second or third floor. <laughs> like, we convinced the RA that it was fine to let us have yeah. a party. That was awesome. And it was... No shit. It was legit. Like like a it was like a mini rave slash house party. There were a lot of substances. There were definitely not college kids there and younger kids. And I remember. I remember when you first got there, they'd give you a key, and that key would open the outside door, the outside door, and the hall door. And and then the, after about a week, you realize this is useless because people would stick everything. Yeah, you in just the hold door. it open. It was like never closed. Well, in my room, so those those dorms. You know, they had the rooms on the outside and the stairway, uh-huh. and then they had everyone inside the hall where the communal showers were. So I luckily was in the one in the stairwell. We had our own bathroom, so I just uh. had to share with my roommate. But that was also the party room because that had a window directly outside with nothing there, and it was right next to the exit. So if the R and not in the same area as the RAs, so you the could RAs have your party more in the middle. Yeah, they were in the middle, so you could have a party there, and the RA would have to walk through, but the easy exit to get the fuck out. If the funny thing was with the first floor, those windows were the old crank style. There uh-huh. was no screen. There was not. Well, it went for all of the windows, but yeah. you could climb in and out of those windows. Yeah, we did like, it all the time. My parents had windows like that in their house. <laughs> yeah, because we were the first floor. <laughs> yeah. On the far end by the where the old union, like the old, uh, not the union, but the like housing building that was like the pseudo resident union. Right. That had like the TV room and stuff in it, but right, it wasn't right, right. the Opland union. Right. Yeah, we were right on the end in that last building. I'm not poisoning Stuart for the record. He's still my friend. No, but I am going to mark that we have instructions on how to poison cupcakes in this episode. So. <laughs> oh. And then I'm going to put we support really Jess's baking. I actually have to go home and make a cake tonight. So are you? Uh, don't say it on the air. Are you going to poison it? Just nod. No, it's. For I like can't a, believe you're going to do that. Why it's, for like a, no, it's for like a three-year-old. Why would cannot, I poison a three-year-old? It's I can think fucking, of a lot of yeah, reasons why I might want to poison a three But it's not my three How about so. you, Jeremy? <laughs> it's not mine, so. There are seven billion people in this world, Jess. What's one less? <laughs> just saying. We can have a real, like, how to poison cupcakes episode if you want. Jesus Christ, you are We say that, but I up. found out today that Cassie, one of Cassie's acquaintances at school that's in the fraternity that she was trying to be part of, um... May have a committed sorority, s- you mean? No, it was a fraternity. She wasn't. Oh, no, she was trying to be the house, the girl house girl or whatever. Uh, may have committed suicide by jumping off a bridge. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Way to bring us down. I'm not sure. Three. That's really not a cup. She's talking about joking about poisoning three year old right? children. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And how she's to like, yeah, someone fucking killed themselves. <laughs> Great. Uh, Kobe Bryant died. How about that? So did. talking about death. Yep. Um, and eat others. That's big news, right? It was. Uh, 
a bad pilot decision. I think it was a bad fucking decision all around. It really yeah. sucks at all, and, and kids, too, losing their lives like that. Um, but Well, and there was, uh, I think it was on Twitter, um, somebody who has a radio show was talking about like the pressures that those pilots feel and they try to make the best decisions, but when they have a VIP client, they might just feel like that extra pressure to, you know, perform. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if he was, bad decisions if he made. was to say, we can't fly in this, it's too foggy, it's very dangerous. They had grounded the police helicopters that morning because yeah. the fog was so bad. Like, all he has to say is, we can't fly, it's too bad. Yeah. The, the weather's horrible, we can't fly. And they would have understood. Like, he's not going to take his and his daughter's life into that kind of, like, yeah. oh, no, it'll be fine. Just go ahead and fucking fly where you can't see. Um, but, you know, you're trusting that person with your life saying, yep, this is fine. I can do this. And if you can't. So I, I think I, people forget how mountainous Southern California is. Yeah, it's really mountainous. Yeah. The, the Santa Ana winds are because of giant canyons, basically. Um, okay, so I have a couple of questions regarding this. Um, it's not really Utah-centric, but I think... I, I want to get your opinions on things because I think um, there's uh, – I'm curious. So first off, TMZ breaking the news first and breaking it before families were told. Like, what do you think? Thumbs down. For sure. Um, regardless if they had a policeman tell them, which is how they got the information, that information – it doesn't need to be shared right away. And I'm only speaking from personal experience. Um, I have the newspaper articles where I was dead in our car accident. Like where they were too soon. Absolutely. And so, so yeah. So, but in, in today's instantaneous gratification and clicks or what well, sell. It's, yeah. I was just going to say it's, it's them racing to get it out before who anybody before else or CNN or any major news outlet. Other than them breaks a story like but that. Can you imagine finding clicks. out that way? Yeah. Oh, it would be horrible. be horrible. It would be absolutely horrible. Well, first you wouldn't believe it. So where's right. so where's that line? Because well, that's what happened. Like that's how I found out about it. I was I was talking to some people in a in a game online, and they're like, "Oh my god, Kobe Bryant died." I'm like, "What?" And I looked, and I'm like, "It's not on fucking CNN." It's weird. Yeah. And, and then I like then I do a Google search, and I see TMZ's article, and I'm like, "What?" And I first off, I don't really fucking trust TMZ ninety percent of the time unless another major news outlet confirms it mm-hmm. or there's video of them talking to the celebrity. Um, but then. Like within five minutes, it's everywhere. Yeah, it was so I don't. Fast. So I don't like TMZ's taking a lot of heat for it. But let's be clear, but it was on CNN how, five minutes. That's later. how misinformation is spread. All the the five five minutes. Oh, is it his whole family? Oh, like. Well, yeah, and the early reports were like, oh, it's just three people, and then it's nine people, and now his daughter, and now, like, all that information kind of starts to roll out and starts to become clear. And what would it hurt to, like, have all of the information gathered and then release it? It wouldn't. By the time that happens, so let's say I'm, uh, let's say I'm CNN. By the time I wait for all of that, every other news outlet. No, every news outlet needs to wait. Yeah, that's never going to happen. I understand that, but you asked. Yeah, that won't happen. Like how there has to be some type of somebody has to say, guys, we need to make sure we're, you know, I hate to say it fact checked. It's not going to happen. No, that's long gone. That's long gone. But 
you know, so, these uh, are people's families. And then I, I just want to say there were, there are all the articles floating around. Oh, we need to pay attention to the military more than we are a celebrity. There's more to it than that. There are protocols with the military that you can't release a person's name immediately. There's not, you can, and it doesn't make their death any less important. It's just how, it's like just we're how saying, it's done. The media works that, you know, you could be months before finding out because they have to go through protocol. Yeah. So I don't think we'll ever get back to that day where people are completely checking sources before they push stuff out because headlines are what sells. Um, I mean, just look at it. No one writes their own fucking news anymore. You look at the Salt Lake Tribune. If you look at KSL, they don't write their own shit. 90% of their stuff is from the AP or from a, some other from fucking other source. Places, yeah. and CNN's not that much better. Like a lot of, now, if you dig through CNN, you can still find some like real journalism on their sites. Um, but it's, so, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to scald them because everyone else was right behind scold. them. Scold. Whatever. Everyone else was right behind them. So I can't fault them for being the first. In fact, maybe I applaud them for being faster than everyone with a source. But everyone was right behind them. So how can you be mad at the one outlet when everyone yeah, else Yeah, it's did not it like too? everybody else waited with until. With its four and a half minute lead. <laughs> yeah, like not everyone else. Everyone else was out within minutes of them. So it doesn't. It's not a big deal. I mean, well, it I guess is. it's TMZ already did it as well. I, I wonder how those people feel that report the wrong information. Like, if I post something wrong, I feel like an mm. ass. I think it. <laughs> I think it depends on their journalistic integrity. So, if you work for Fox News, you don't feel bad at all. That's just par for the course. <laughs> uh, if you if you work for a legitimate news outlet, and at some point in your career, you actually did investigative reporting. You, you probably feel bad. I think that's something that's, that's, that's being lost over these last couple of, of centuries. Yeah. Um, sure. or decades, whatever. Well, they are. yeah. Think about how news used to travel. You know, it's just, it's different now. Everybody has to be the first. I gotta be the first. Well, it's so easy now to say, oh, we were wrong. Big deal. Yeah. But yeah. how many people will fess up to, I was wrong. It's, it's people rare. don't. Well, you never see the I, I was wrong. You no, hear the, the glamour of everything and everybody passes that around and then, oh, whoops, it's, that was Back wrong. Nobody passes would, that. Every once in a while you will, but that's, that's a good right. journalist. Back in the day where the, the newspaper would do that whole back section of recalls and corrections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me, let me ask you, uh, let me ask you another question as you talk about who would admit they're wrong and, and some of that. So the, the Washington Post reporter that, um, you know, tweeted out a, a story from when Kobe was under investigation for rape. Um, and then the Washington Post basically suspended her and fired her more or less after she said, no, I'm just tweeting something that happened. This isn't non-factual. Um, what do you guys think about that? Like, about her getting fired? The whole thing. Well, her getting fired if she was really assaulted is stupid. Um, but I think there's some things that shouldn't go out on Twitter and Facebook and I don't know. And I think some things don't need to go out to the entire world. Was she just sharing a story? I'm, I don't know. Yeah, she, shared, don't know she shared an old story about the Kobe Bryant. And this rape just stuff. happened? Uh, it happened after he died. Oh, okay. So, so it just happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I have a couple thoughts. One, the Kobe Bryant rape thing happened. Like, 
I, no one's talking about it. I think that was kind of her point. Like you're all applauding this guy for being this awesome person and this great human being. And it's tragic that he died and you forget he raped a woman. Now he was never convicted of rape. That trial was dismissed due to a, a settlement. And honestly, who can say that he did rape her? Right? So this is, this is how I kind of view that. Cause that was a long time ago. That was like 15 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And here's kind of how I view this. So Kobe Bryant was drafted out of high school. He didn't go to college. So the NBA doesn't do that anymore post Kobe and LeBron. Um, and what, so he's 17 year old kid gets signed to this massive NBA contract, right? He's playing and he, he works out. He doesn't wash out like a lot of those kids did. Uh, so he works out. He's making millions of dollars. He's out on the road and. Girl comes up, and look, I'm not saying he did or didn't rape her, but now you're in a situation as this superstar millionaire that a girl's potentially going to prey upon you. Lots of girls, actually. There was, I just read an article yesterday, lots of girls. Now, Now, I'm not saying what did or didn't happen. I have no idea, and I'm not downplaying like the whole victim thing, but he may have been in a situation where he... They did have sex, and maybe he thought it was consensual, maybe not. And extortion. Yeah. And so these things happen, and her settling out of court really probably says that maybe there was something else there. And I don't know, because it's a settlement, it's closed. And it's a different day and age than now. And, and you know, what's really telling, I think Gina on X96 talked a little bit about this, is everything that he did after that. It was almost like that was like a wake up call. He, needed, like, he knew he needed to change and he did. Yeah, I need to be a different person. Yeah. And he changed dramatically after that and, and became a, a big philanthropist and really supportive of the community. Well, and, he was on his way to the, um, uh, I don't want to call it a college. It's like the league that he basically started. Yeah, like they were on yeah. the way to. So, so he, he really kind of became a stand up guy. And I think that that's kind of what's lost. But, you know, I think people like this, this Washington Post person, you know, she was right to say, Hey, don't forget about this. Sure. That's still part of who he was. And, and how many still people die with, with discretions, yeah. you know, shittier than that. Yeah. And I, I, so I don't have a problem with her posting that. No, not um, at all. And, and, I don't understand why she was fired for it though. Well, that's because it was disparaging and it's not in popular opinion. And I think what she was saying is this has kind of been swept under the rug. Everyone forgets that he did this thing. Yeah. Worst case. I mean, not worst case scenario because we don't know, but he still cheated on his wife, mm-hmm. which, you know, yeah, whatever. But um, but it's still it's still triggering for people who have been victims. Well, and it goes back to the some of the discussion we've had before, like in the Me Too movement, like, you know, you can't not support the victim, right? Like, you have to assume what the victim says is true until it's proven otherwise. That doesn't mean that person's guilty, but you can't tell them that they're not, that, that it didn't happen. And so, you know, in this case, he was never charged. Well, he was never found guilty. The case was completely dismissed. So, who knows what really happened. We but, weren't there. Anyway, I just thought those were two interesting things that have nothing to do with Utah. <laughs> no, but, but I, it's it's what's happening. And, there, you know, with as many times over the years that the Lakers played the jazz and the impact that he had here, I saw 
And I would assume that the little lady is not alive anymore because she's like 90 when the picture was taken. But there was an usher that had her picture taken with him. And it was just she always was on the opposing side. And it just was, you know, he's still part of culture. And well, he impacted a lot of people. And he did. He did. And then and the night before uh, LeBron passed his record. Yeah, yeah, and, that's right. You know, and that was that was a, uh, yeah. That's probably enough sports ball. <laughs> no, okay, one more, one, one more, more, one more sports ball thing. I know you have one. Uh, RSL sold uh, Jefferson Sabarino. Um, good move for them. Uh, I I hear a few things. Um, I hear that he wanted a lot more money uh, than probably what what we wanted to spend, like three times. What Why he was are making. we selling people? <laughs> no, it's a fucking great decision. So no, I know. <laughs> so this is it, it drives me nuts about Utah fans too because they're like, oh, we let people go for free. Like when uh, it, not Bofo uh, Plata was it Plata Plata leaves, we don't get anything for him because he's out of contract and he can just go somewhere else. Um, I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't Plata. So but when anyway. they when they sell somebody, like is that money that's put towards? Taking on another player? It depends, right? So one of the things in soccer, because it's a giant world sport, it's not like football in the U.S. where people get drafted out of college. There's no other league really for them to go to. In soccer, your goal is to make profit on players at, at some point. Now, some players you keep in your club, and they help you win championships. But some players, they get to a point, and they're almost out of contract. They want to move on. You want to sell those players. You want to They're like magic cards. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I mean, in a sense, it's a it, it's a commodity. It's part of it's part of that game is selling those players. And so, you know, Saverino, um I also hear like his family couldn't come visit him. They were having a hard time getting into the country to visit him. Uh, and so he didn't want to really stay here. He's got a year left on his contract. So we go out and sell him to another club. We sell him for two million dollars now. So it depends when that deal's all finished and how the MLS rules work. It's different with every deal. Some some of that money will come in the form of what's called targeted allocation money, which means the league basically says this is only money you can use to pay down people's salaries. So that is direct with salary money. Some of that money will be cash that really Deloitte Hansen could then do whatever the fuck he wants with, whether he pockets it or puts it back into salary. Um, that's up to him entirely. Uh, but the, like the targeted allocation money stuff, that stuff it has to go towards player salary and is worth really in the league right now, probably twice as much as actual cash in terms of trade deals and stuff like that. The bigger part of it is we got a 40 part of that deal is a 40% sell on agreement, which means if the club he's going to in Brazil, which has a little bit bigger uh, audience probably than the U S audience for MLS. um, If he gets sold from that club for say, you know, $10 million down the line, RSL gets $4 million of that 10. They get 40% of whatever value he sold at. If he sold for 200000 we get 40% of that. If he sold for $2 million, 40%. It's 40% across the board when they forever sell Forever or just for a certain length no, of time? No, forever. If if they sell him ever, we get 40% of that sale price. I want to be sold. <laughs> Which is really good. So selling players like that where we know they might leave, they've got a year left of their contract, that's the kind of player that you want to sell. If you're not going to re-sign them, you need to sell them. You don't want people to run out of contract and get nothing for them. Same thing with our academy kids, right? Like if we can sell the rights of an academy kid to another club and they want to go to Europe and they're going to make, you know, six plus figures in Europe and not that much here, they're going to go to Europe. But we can retain their rights. We can, you know, make some money selling their rights, things like that. 
a little trickier when it gets to kids because of our labor laws in the state. It's always trickier to sell kids. But anyway, that's that's big RSL news. Uh, so bigly. Big, no, fuck you. <laughs> and we're not we're not talking about that, by the way. We don't have to. Because our own legislative session started this week. Dun, dun, dun. Can, can I say uh, one thing about it that is not really about it? Uh, it's about because we were talking about news, right? And so I, I read this thing. There was a poll that was done, um, and they had a graphic that they put with the poll. But basically, they pulled they pulled Americans, and they said, "Do you typically lean left or right, Republican or Democrat? Like, who do you associate with?" And then they started asking them about news outlets and which of the major news outlets they trusted in and 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 watched. This is terrifying. And this is really telling of how Trump is in office and how divided our country is. Um, 65% of people polled that said they were right-leaning or Republican. Their primary source of news was Fox News, and they trusted that source. Hmm. There were only two other news sources in all people that leaned right or said they were Republican, other than Fox News, that had a 30% rate of trust. It was like ABC, and I can't remember the third one. Hmm. Three news outlets that they trusted for real information, one of which was Fox News, which is not a fucking actual news station. When you look at people that say they're independent and people that say they were Democratic or left-leaning, the Democratic and left-leaning, there were like 16 news sources above 30%. Well-rounded. Like, it... It, it was just, it's mind boggling to see the lists stacked up against each other. And then independents were like probably 10 to 12. I can't remember, but that's a, that is a, a real telling thing of where the, the country's divide is. It's a very tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're clearly not looking at multiple news sources. And they well, that, it's the same thing with the people that share stuff over Facebook that they don't check and see that the kid was found two weeks ago or that the celebrity actually died five years ago. Or that like, Hillary Clinton didn't actually have a fucking child sex ring in the bottom right. of the pizza parlor. Right. And Harrison right. Ford is not dead. I mean, <laughs> exactly. he could be. He does no. fly helicopters a lot. He's got a new movie coming there. out, so he's good. Um, is he using a cane in that movie? No. A walking cane? Is a, Harrison Ford is old. Uh, Joe's old, like Al Pacino. He's ancient. He's still alive. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Anyways, no, it just, nobody takes a second to read anything or to like, it's the back to the fact checking or to like actually like learn about it. It's just all about the headlines. Yeah. Okay. So sad. we know Sundance is going on right now. Um, it's. Like, fuck all up in Park City. Just don't go up there unless you want to try and find a celebrity to look at. Uh, and most of them have come and gone. They're usually only around the first weekend. Yeah, they're usually only there for a day or two anyway. And yeah. Then they go. It always, I, so I love this time of year because I love award season. That's like my, my Super Bowl. Um, That's see, also coming up. Right. To see the celebrities on the award show and then in Sundance like the next day. <laughs> like it just is like Jim Gaffigan made a joke on the Grammys about how the comedy award, even though he's nominated, is going to go to Dave Chappelle. Like he was totally joking. It totally did. Oh, it was yeah. Hilarious. And then Jim Gaffigan's in Sundance the next day. So. Well, and that's like, so people don't understand like when they, when they take two or three days to come to a convention like Comic-Con, like 
that's that's a lot of time for some of those people. They are so fucking busy doing stuff that they really are flying from one place to another and mm-hmm. and just spending a day there and flying back. Like it's busy, busy life for those guys. Well, I didn't really write down a lot of events just because there's really not tons going on. Uh, this weekend, like I mentioned last weekend, is the Derby. Roller Demoli- Derby. Yeah, I almost said Demolition <laughs> Derby. It should be. Chicks like on rollerblades beating the shit out of each other. Skates. Roller skates, whatever. The roller um, skates probably hurt more. Probably. Um, opening weekend, uh, charity events. The money is going towards the Salt Lake City Air Protectors. You can see that at 1415 South, 700 SLC West. Salt Air Protectors. Yes. It's still Salt Lake City. It doesn't stand for anything else. Salt Lake City. <laughs> uh, tickets are 10 bucks, so that will be super fun to go to. I wrote these down because these tickets are going to sell out. Raclette is offering two upcoming all-you-can-eat cheese events. <laughs> one is on February 28th and one is on March 27th at oh, We so Olive. And and you will probably be have be starved from not having raclette if you like their stuff because they're gonna be gone. They're gone. They're now, gone. Yep, they're gone for the next month. Um, so they won't be at the farmers market if you're craving lots of cheese. Uh, just save up in your belly for oh. this. It's gonna be thir- I think it's I believe it's thirty dollars. But the tickets will sell out. The last three that they did sold out super fast, and yeah. um, you can get find those tickets on Eventbrite. Little little foray into next week. We're having our competition this week. <gasps> what is it? It is stuffed bread. Oh, item. Did you? St- I tagged you. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Okay, and actually, someone did mention uh, fillings and emulsion stuff. <laughs> I don't think they're coming. We so have this, you set up rules for the stuffed bread products. It or? has to be like flour. So someone asked about tamales, and I said, no, that's not bread. That's not bread. That's not. So it could be a pastry, but it has to be made. The the, the, the is trick it, is flour. It's savory, though. Uh, yeah, savory. Savory. Uh, so are we doing like pure meats or like calzones included in that? Yeah, there's some calzones. Kay. There's some empanadas that are coming. There's Kay. stuff from Biscotts, the Indian bakery. Okay. Uh, there's uh, something from China, a Chinese bakery. There's um kolaches. <gasps> there's kolaches from somewhere. Um so yeah, there's a a wide Ooh. variety of things. This is gonna be delicious. The this might judging, be the most delicious one ever. The judging's going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> because, but and the thing is, like my food mistress at work, uh he and I have been experimenting a lot with different places. Uh, mostly him going places and bringing me food back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it should be an interesting competition, so we'll see. Uh, it's also growing a little bit out of hand. I don't care if they hear this. We're close to a dozen people now, which becomes difficult to, like, corral. Can you break it down and... by, like, department? <laughs> Maybe you need to start bracketing. N- no, I think that we're going <laughs> to. So the winner of each bracket goes head-to-head for the one item. <laughs> That would be rad. This is way more complex than we wanted, but it is encouraging <laughs> us to to seek out uh, options. So next week okay. we'll have we'll have okay. some, uh, That's some, exciting. some stuff for you. Um, I only wrote down one on, one other thing, which I haven't actually ever talked about. I don't think we have a program here in Salt Lake called Craft Lake City. They put on a huge festival in late summer, but they do workshops throughout the year and. Um, unfortunately, two of them are already sold out that were on their website, but I just wanted to talk about them just to get an, give an idea of like 
some of the stuff that they do. And all their classes are pretty reasonably priced. So they had um, upcoming that sold out, a journal making class, they have a glass candle holder making class, a tricolor gnocchi class. All of those are sold out, but they use like local artisans. They use local restaurateurs to help make these um Thanks. I was wondering where that was. Um, but they just announced a constellation necklace, uh, class that they will be having up at the Natural History Museum. It's only $35 at the end of March. You put real stars in those necklaces. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> you pull them down from the sky and you just. Like men in black, the little yeah. stars. Yeah. Little thing. yeah. No, it's on metal. It's, um. The galaxies on the, it's on a galaxy. The <laughs> it's a yes. galaxy. It's a galaxy. It's a, uh, anyways, it's metalwork, but. I feel like we I could start posting more of these because they really do some incredibly awesome classes. So just check out craftlakecity.com forward slash workshops. Also, that's all. Clever Octopus's open houses this weekend. Oh, yeah. For their new facility? No, it's for their old facility. Their old facility. They're opening it up and letting people <laughs> throw feces at the wall. <laughs> Have know. they announced where their new facility is? Yeah, we've been posting all about yeah, it. Yeah, and that's why they're having the open house. How do you have an open house and not tell anybody? Last time we talked about it, they hadn't released where that it was. That was like three weeks ago. No, it was longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so who put the article for the Daybreak HOA in there? I did. Because <laughs> how... Okay, look. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, this is, this is relatively recent. Um, the HOA in Daybreak, and specifically in... Uh, a particular, it was a particular, um, condominium, right? Uh, the East Lake Village Condominium, uh, Association had to raise their fees 100%. So basically, what's been going on is a builder fucked them and did a really oh, shitty which job. To a lot of people that are in HOAs, by the way. Did a really shitty job and there's all these problems and they've been trying to sue the builder and they're not being successful. And so the HOA, this is what's crazy, basically without warning said, well, the only way we can pay for these repairs is everyone's got to double their fees. This which is sucks, right? gives me a heart attack. They have to pay $300 a month To now. their HOA. And what sucks is there are people that are not affected by these defects and, and these problems that are in this uh, complex. But, I mean, I don't know how I would feel about this. If you're in a condo, you have to expect this sometimes is going to happen. They're, they usually do, uh, like, well, in my association, they do every once in a while, depending upon the repairs that have to be made. Uh, like they let the condo buildings by me. They thought their stairs basically like go to hell and then everybody had to pay for that. Um, yeah, so, so they'll do like a one time assessment. Like this year at this time, you have to pay an extra blah, blah, blah. So, but to raise it. So this is, but this is also on the part of that HOA. This is piss poor planning on their part. This lawsuit wasn't a this year thing. It's been going on for a couple yes. of years. They should have been slowly increasing the rates or increased it a little bit and been saving that money. Yes. That is a very poorly managed HOA. And this that is, is going to be very manager. interesting to follow it also how makes this it, goes. It makes it really hard to sell a fucking condo. A $300 HOA is pretty ridiculous for, nothing, for a condo. I'm sure. Actually, a lot of the ones out in that area, it includes things unlike but mine. think about it. If you're paying, <laughs> let's say you're paying $1,200 mortgage on a right. condo and now you got to pay instead of 1200 
$1,400 because your HOA fucked up. Yeah. And you don't have a choice because nope. your only other option and is if you to don't sell pay, it. And if you don't pay that, then a lien gets put on your property. Yeah. So your only other option sucks. is to sell the condo to someone else. And that someone else that is buying is buying with the knowledge that they're paying a $300 HOA. It makes it a lot fucking harder to sell a condo. Anyway, I, it's, it's, uh, it's really shitty. I feel bad for them. People who work on condos have a hard time finding insurance because of, of problems like this where it's not just a single family dwelling where there's one design and then one person makes a mistake on that one design. Jeremy's mentioned it before where he went in where a plumber had cut the joists out from under t- tubs, right? Right. And then they had to go back in and, and sister stuff up and fix them. In, in condos, that's what happens. One person goes in and they're contracted to do a whole bunch of stuff. So they go into whatever design of the condo that they go, that they're attached to and they keep doing that thing over and over and over again. Well, if they're doing it right, great. But if they're doing it wrong, it just years wrong later, times. yeah. And yeah. Jeremy's example was a nice one because they caught it before walls were closed up. But if nobody catches it and walls are closed up and then all of a sudden everybody's <sighs> tubs start falling through the ceiling. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. Uh, okay. So. We're not going to really do any other news stories. Um, we're going to do some fun facts about some TVs. And then we're going to start uh, our new segment for 2020. Um, so we last year uh, had a very popular segment, the infamous Utah segment, where we talked about really fucking depraved people that are from the state of Utah or have close ties to the state of Utah. Or, or committed lots of crimes Utah. here. <laughs> yeah, depraved people. Um so anyway, uh, we decided, uh, that for this year, um, one, because we were running out of like the super famous folks that were super infamous, but also because this is also about the good of Utah. And there are a lot of really fucking cool people that have come out of this state. Um, not Donnie and Marie Osmond. I'm trying my best to never talk about them. Uh, <laughs> then why did you mention them? But, but because they are like a iconic Utah shitbag group of two people. Listen, Marie is in a lot of good for the LGBTQ yes. community, by the way. Once her child came out as LGBTQ. I don't know what yeah. her child was. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl if it came out bisexual as or transgender. Well, I don't know. Suicide <laughs> or asexual. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't... Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to talk today. Our first one is is a name that, interestingly enough, I was telling people at work, I'm like, hey, this is who we're going to talk about today. I told Darren that, too. He's like, who's that? <laughs> Seriously? So so Philo T. Farnsworth is who we're going to talk about. And we'll I get- told my boss, who's from Idaho, and he's like, oh, he's the Idaho guy. And I was like, no. No, he's the fucking Utah guy that he lived in Idaho here. for like three yeah, years. And then he moved back here, and then he moved away, but then he eventually died here. So, no, uh, And he didn't Utah. really, he wasn't really in Idaho. He was just in Rexburg. It's not even that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sneeze into Idaho. Um, so anyway, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about him in a few minutes, but first we're- <laughs> Made me picture somebody sneezing and being like, oops, it is went to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if they were on the border, there were Malads that they might have uh, sneezed into Idaho. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, uh, Jeremy found some fun and interesting facts about television. Uh, I do want to say um, in this printout here that you did for us, Jess, at first I was like, did I push this link? Because there's a cheapo air ad uh, for Salt Lake City to Orlando flights. I'm going to Orlando <laughs> in like a month. And I was like, Wait, is this my retargeting? Because I was looking at flights. No, it's my targeting. <laughs> Are you trying to go to Orlando while I'm there or Orlando, something? Orlando, <laughs> I love you. No. <laughs> oh, man. I really want that to come to Utah again. I'd it love is. to see it. When? 
Uh, I'll Our find out. Tickets are probably already you fucking just keep, sold out. No, not yet. Darren Hansen just went on sale though. That'll be sold out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, don't look at me it's like so that. Sad. Uh, so um, look <laughs> back. I, I don't back to okay. your television facts. I I don't. These aren't that interesting. <laughs> the word television was coined in 1900 by Russian scientist Konstantin. 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 Maybe Persky. So it makes you wonder what television means if it's a Russian word. Uh, well, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of Russians played into it. Um, in in the story of Philo, as we'll, we'll get into it, um, his primary competition was Russian. Russian. Um, so big pl- pioneers in early television were Paul Nipkow. Boris Rosing, Vladimir Zworkin, uh, that's the guy that's involved in Philo's story quite a bit, John Baird, Philo Farnsworth, Charles Francis Jenkins, and William Bell. First American television station started in 1928. The BBC started transmitting in 1930. Uh, so this is, I mean, this is 19, early 1900s. Electricity has been around for a little while it's mostly radio. Um, silent films are, are some of the things that you're seeing. But I look at some of these dates, like 1948, and both of my parents were born by then. Yeah, so television becomes widely popular at the end of World War II, and over a million American homes had a television by 48. So that's when people started replacing radios with TVs, basically. The first satellite used for television was launched in 1962. That's crazy, in the 60s. And in 1969, over 600 million people watched the moon landing live from their home. Did you see uh, Direct DirecTV or Dish, I can't remember, one of them had to push their satellite into the junk orbit because... It had some weird, funky battery problem. It was a Boeing satellite, uh, and it was having some sort of like, like super critical battery failure, and they thought it might explode in orbit. Huh. So they had to get it away from all the other satellites that sit in that same space. Like, space is a big, massive thing, right? But you have satellites hurtling around at thousands of miles an hour, and like when China blew up that satellite, they caused all the junk. There's fucking space junk out there, and like one bolt. Or one fragment of a satellite fucking off course. Whatever, 17,000 miles It can destroy (laughs) countless other satellites. Like, it just pokes a giant fucking hole through it at that point. Well, I feel like even pushing it into the junk orbit, like, if it explodes, it could push things out of the junk. Nah, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of miles. Yeah, but still. But still, they had to, like, push it out and decommission it. Like, it was a big deal. Like, the batteries they thought were going to explode. Uh, That was, like, last week that happened. Um, anyway, first television sets had uh, only modest picture capabilities, two to four hundred lines of resolution. Lines. Uh, that, that's when you used to see lines like rolling in your TV when people talk about that. Like, well, in the early TVs too, like you, you know, like if you look at like the old shows and you see like the circular count, like the three, two, one. That's because the first TVs in homes were actually run by a mechanical motorized circular they were mechanical, disc. Mechanical, not ex- yeah, electronic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so to give you an idea, the two hundred to four hundred lines in ninety six, Japan was using one thousand one hundred and twenty five lines of resolution, which was the first. Uh, quote, well, that unquote, was HD. That was that was nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. Yeah, but in nineteen forty three. Uh, Mr. Logie Baird had a thousand scan lines and people ignored him. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine how mad you would be? I mean, just think of, well, and I was I commenting on this now, like, I can watch on my phone a live streamed 
sporting of Mormon. It's not coming to Utah. I'm sorry. You can go to Colorado or Boise. In ultra high def, in 4K, better than my TV in my my family room. I can watch a 4K video on that phone over fucking cellular network. That's insane. Yeah, yeah Chris sits at soccer games and watches other, other soccer, soccer games, games before the game starts. You betcha. Average American families watch TV for eight hours a day. That seems excessive. That's a lot of fucking TV. Is that combined, like per person though? Like, if, is like if you have. Two and a half kids. Six people in so the family. Two hours a day. Like we, how much do we watch a day? Like at, at most an hour and a half, two hours maybe? Yeah. I Except mean, for we, when you stay I up till like TV midnight. I put the TV on if I'm doing stuff. Yeah. But I'm I watching yeah. It. Like I, I do the, I was just going to say the same thing. Like I'll, I'll have like background things or I have like, like I watch Little House on the Prairie on Netflix and I'll do stuff because I can miss parts of it and it doesn't matter. We, we might have like a four hour binge on like a Sunday evening. And like where we're like, catching up because there's so much crap on the DVR and we're like, oh, we're so behind or something. <laughs> but that's like, that's like four but hours like, and at the end of it, yeah. we're like, God, we just did and, nothing. And so. No, because I usually, I'm usually like folding the clothes or something, but. Still. So with the Super Bowl coming up, to give you a comparison, in 1941, 20 seconds of primetime air commercial was $9. Wow, that's awesome. Today, uh, $2.7 million for a 30-second Super Bowl halftime ad. That's crazy. I don't even watch the Super Bowl for, for commercials. 2.7 <laughs> Well, I, I mean, just look at, look at the political, can- the political landscape and, and campaign spending. It's all TV. The campaign spending, the ad spending is yeah. all TV ads and it's this kind of price. Like, that's what you're paying. You're paying premium dollar for, for ad space. And the best thing about DVRs, by the way, I don't watch ads. And now Comcast has the like smart resume. So now you just fat, you don't even have to pay have attention. Have you seen that yet? You just, when you DVR a show, you just fast forward when the them, commercial hits. It's most of them now though. It's fast like none fo- of the talk shows have fast it. Fast forward when the commercial hits, goes all the way till the commercial's over and then starts, starts right itself. when the show starts. I found it by accident on Thanksgiving because like Jess was saying, like I have it on in the background when I'm like doing stuff. So I was doing a lot of baking and it was late at night. And so I was watching, I was catching up on stuff on my DVR and there was one point where I was like, oh, I'll just fast forward through this commercial. I was like, oh, I need to do something. I can do it before the commercial's over. And all of a sudden the TV started playing and I'm like, what? This is a what just happened? This is a surprising statistic. Only eighteen percent of unwanted television sets are recycled. That's not surprising. No, because um, people—I don't think people realize that they can and they should. Twenty million units in one year disposed mostly to landfills, creating large amounts of harmful electronic waste. Whoa. That's crazy. And with how cheap TVs are nowadays, compared to what? Because remember, like. 20 years ago, getting a, a 60 inch flat screen TV was fucking six, seven thousand dollars. Now, like Sam's Club and Walmart, you can go buy a 60 inch TV for like 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's crazy. not shitty. Right. Well, I mean, it's not the best. No, but it's. But still, like, oh, when you're buying that big of a TV for $400, like, I'm not saying $400 isn't a lot of money, but like, we can go buy a small TV for the girls, like a 27 inch TV for. Less than a hundred dollars, that TV goes bad. You just chuck it. Go get right, a new one. Right. But it is good to try and recycle the parts and stuff for it. Some are estimating that around one billion, with a B, people watched the live performance of Elvis Presley from Hawaii on January fourteenth, nineteen seventy-three. Hey, let me. I think this is wrong. So this says the first VCR was made by Sony in nineteen seventy. They weren't VCRs. Sony was a Betamax company. That was one of their big failures. So it would have been whatever the they called beta players. Right? 
Hmm? I'm not crazy. That was one of Sony's big failures was Betamax. Uh, okay, so um, I don't care about these commercials. You don't care about commercials for Daily Mail? No. No one cares <laughs> about that. The first TV commercial lasted for 20 seconds in 1941 during the game between the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Philadelphia Phillies. Sp- sporting event. <laughs> You you got white people watch live. Honestly, if it wasn't for live sports, there's a good chance I wouldn't be subscribed. Whoa! To, uh, Estimates cable say package. that by the time the average American child is 14, it's seen around 11,000 murders on television. I would say in America, that's absolutely. And by true. the age of 18, it goes to 200,000. And a few people are worried about them seeing boobies. Right. Well, in America, you. When can, did a booby ever hurt anybody? In America, you can watch all the death, dismemberment, and violence you want, but you throw a booby up on the screen, and it's the end. You can't yeah. Like that. I said, when did somebody's boob ever hurt someone? Fucking primetime TV. I can watch shows like four hours of shows. That's nothing. Nothing but murder porn. I can't watch a titty. Sorry, here's your, Jess. <laughs> here's your answer. The technology was first introduced in Japan in 1976, uh, and the United States received its first VCR, VHS-based VCR a year later. Though there were a number of early competitors, the war for dominance finally came down to Sony's Betamax versus JVC's VHS. JVC, that was the, the company. Uh you know, so, Sony's an interesting animal because they've been on the winning and losing sides of technology over the years. So Sony heavily invested in Betamax, failed. Sony uh, got it right with the Walkman. Um, that was a big thing for Sony. They got it right with the and Discman. The Discman. the Discman was huge. When my when I got my car and it only had a tape player in it, you could do that converter thing where you put, put, the, the, put tape the tape in. in uh-huh. So as the Discman started going and we started transitioning to media like DVDs and so I have a question and, for you. and stuff like the Zunes, the the, right. the digital formats. Sony introduced the the mini discs. Do you remember the mini discs? I do. I remember which those. were still like super awesome recording quality capabilities. Uh but they didn't do well. And so Sony had this is interesting uh, an interesting bit. So then we had like the handheld wars, right? And and amongst the console wars for gaming and Sony had made the PlayStation portables. Uh and they made them with what were called UMDs, universal mini discs. That was the game cartridge for the PlayStation portable. They were the mini discs because they had made so many of them. Had so warehouses full. They were able to use those then as the media for the other device. It was just just an interesting thing. Um, then Sony invested in Blu-ray and one over over um, what was it high definition DVDs, HD DVDs HD. from from uh, Microsoft. Where did those that great animal. big discs fit in there? Laser discs. Yeah, the that would short, have been late eighties, early nineties. That was around the time. Um, no, okay, was, I got married in ninety six, and they were using them in the anniversary in like you could go and borrow laser discs. Yeah, they there, were so. they were like post VHS pre. Uh, CD and DVD. Well, not pre-CD. But, but they were as big as a record. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. They were a huge... And you had to have... Like most movies were on two of them. Yeah. So most people didn't invest in them. They were prohibitively expensive. Schools, however, educational institutions uh, really sunk into the, the laser discs. Anyway, sorry, that's a little... I don't know. I was getting married. I wasn't in school anymore. That's a little bit of, uh, of off... But that was like school in like the, the 90s. Uh, all through the 90s and late 80s was laser discs. Sweetheart... I graduated in 1993. I know. Which means you would have had laser discs in high school, maybe. No. But you were in Utah. And we were at Granger. Uh, yeah. We didn't have... You didn't any, have shit. We didn't... It, yeah. it, it, Did you, you have Channel One? 
No. No, it was called GTV. <laughs> Channel One, the educational No, news. You, you're talking, for laser distance stuff, you you just said like middle 90s. No, I no, graduated no. before that. Late 80s, early 90s. 80s I had, early 90s. Them, I had them in the late 80s, uh, I swear. In school, late 80s, they were mm-hmm. showing up. But I was in, again, a very uh, well-funded public education system where I was so, growing up. Let's do the last two, and then we can move on to our okay. famous Utah. So Americans annually watch around 250 billion, oh, Jesus Christ. with a B, billion hours of television. Fuck, that is a lot of TV. Just don't think about it. The average 65-year-old person sees over 2 million TV it's commercials. because 65-year-olds don't know how to fast forward. Yeah, and then also, guys, uh, Salt Lake City to Orlando flights, 18840 uh, at cheap, in case you're if wondering. If you fly right now. <laughs> if you hurry and fly out today. Okay. So, um, but really quick, I have some breaking news, guys. Salt, the Salt Lake LeBron Farmers James Market. Died? No. Oh, okay. Oh, whoa. I'm just making was- sure. Wow. <laughs> no, the Salt Lake City Farmers Market is going to be taking applications for the downtown farmers market for summer season starting February 4th. So if you want to be part of it, pay attention and go apply. Um, okay. That was good breaking news. Yeah. It's important. Um, so we're, this is, uh, do we need a jingle? Jingle, 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 famous Utah. she becomes a dance. What he was doing while he was singing to you all. Let's think about this. I don't, we, we, you can jingle, ask jingle, Folk Hogan if they have more jingle, music for us we jingle. could use. You know what would be Maybe. funny is that Folk Hogan made that into a song just for you. Jingle, just, jingle, jingle, clip jingle. Out, clip out my bite, my sound bite there. Jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> you have the power to do that, you know. Apparently, know he it. can't do that without <laughs> dancing either. No, how can you sing a jingle like that and not dance? Exactly. Uh, so the first famous Utahan. Um, so this gentleman uh, has a statue in the the. Had? Is this? Washington. Did they already move? They move have it? not moved. I don't it think yet. they moved it yet. I think. Well, they gonna... unveiled Miss Martha. What's her name? Martha but she, Hughes but Cannon. But she's not in the Capitol yet, is she? She's yet, but they unveiled Capitol. it. Yeah. Martha Hughes this Cannon. Week. So Martha Hughes Cannon, a couple years ago, it was voted to replace Philo T. Farnsworth with Martha Hughes Cannon. Well, and it had to be like ratified and everything. So every state in the union has two statues in the state, in the, the U.S. Capitol building. Um, Utah has, uh, um, Brigham. Brigham Young and Philo T. Farnsworth. And now Philo T. Farnsworth will be removed instead of Brigham Young because fucking... But we're in a a war with Idaho, I guess. But I I think a rightful (laughs) replacement, a rightful replacement. uh, Amazing. I I actually added her to our list of potential people to talk about because... I I ran across her name a lot as we were she was at this, and she was freaking pretty rad. She was influential enough to make a legislative body full of white Mormon males okay sending her statue. Taking a white Mormon male out of Yeah, Washington. take a white Mormon male out of Well, she was Washington Mormon, too, so maybe they were like, well, oh, that's all right. Yeah, but she was a rabble rouser, man. Putting yeah, but a, she was also a polygamist wife. Putting a... a, a a woman that wanted change in the state of Utah up there. Okay, let's not talk about her though. <laughs> so anyway, um, but uh, the, this is Philo T. Farnsworth is our first famous Utahan. Philo Taylor. To Philo be, to Taylor be. Farnsworth, born in 1906. Is uh, it Beaver? August 19th, it was, 1906. It, it was. It was a little. It wasn't. It was outside of Beaver. It had some name. It's. It, he lived in it the had cabin some of Beaver. Name. It's good that it was named. <laughs> No, it's like it's like not even Beaver. It made Beaver look big. Where no, he was but it at. was by Beaver. By Beaver. By Beaver, Utah. Born in 1906, 
in southwestern what, Utah. In August, oh, what, August cabin. 19th? I do not know. I do not have it in front of me. Uh, all I of you people have a, like all these uh, things printed out. Uh, yeah, August 19th, 1906 is when he was born. So he was a Leo, but he was also a fire horse. A fire horse. See, that makes all the difference. Well, and actually that makes sense, right? Because Leo's a fire sign. Chinese year was fire. It was the horse. So he was a, a, a fire horse. I'm just, I'm just trying to get some. <laughs> and you, that's the year of the fire horse. That's the title of a this episode. Leo fire horse. Fire, right? No, because people will get confused because it's the year of the metal rat. <laughs> I don't like want to confuse name? our, I don't want to confuse our listeners. The year of the metal rat. That would be a great band name. <laughs> if you are starting a band right now, the year of the metal rat. I is, think you don't put the. No, no. It's just Year of the Metal Rat. Year of the Metal. That might be our title really, now. <laughs> I really like that. Podcast. Year of the Metal Rat. Um, that was almost our title maybe last show. I don't know. Anyway. So, so back to five, though. <laughs> yeah, so he was born basically in Beaver, Utah, because Beaver, Utah doesn't really have a city. It's just a bunch of houses basically. near each other, relatively. Yeah. There's a there's a fucking giant rocking chair, and they make cheese, and there's I've never things. been to that He was born chair. in Indian Creek. There we go. There we go. Whatever. I got you. He was born in Beaver, Utah. Back in the 1900s, this was still like the Wild West. Uh, almost oh, born in a log cabin. Yeah, yep. basically it was. With no running water or electricity, which is interesting. But that's early 1900s, right? That's that's Early's not uncommon, century. right? So he's, he's like really intelligent. He's... I was telling Bree... I, I bet he was genius. Level. I was telling Bree when I, when I started reading about him, I'm like, this dude is just... He's just fucking smart as hell. Like, he was super duper smart. Borderline prodigy kind of... So he, he was, of course, a, a Mormon, born into a Mormon family. Um, and in 1918, so when he was um, 12 years old, the family moves to a 240-acre farm near Rigby, Idaho. Rigby, not Rexburg, sorry. And it's his uncle. It's his uncle's farm. And they, they either go to help his uncle or something. something. Uh, but yeah, so it's, but it's his uncle's farm. So he's a 12-year-old kid, never seen, like never had really electricity in his life. Goes out, and the best thing about this farm is it had electricity. No, the house was wired for electricity. And well, it had a generator. And it had a generator. But the generator was not working until Philo fixed it. Figured out how to fix it. And he, like, he like made his mom's hand wash washing machine Let's go electric. Back. we got to go back to 1919, though, when he was first recognized as an inventor. Oh, oh yes. I think this is the award for Jimmy his, was his talking award. about. Yes. Yeah, but in 1918 is when they did the generator, right? He did that right when they moved to Rexburg or to Rigby. It was all, it was about the uh, They were roughly the same same time. time, So, but they get up there and he goes to, uh, Rigby High School, which is why Idaho thinks he's a Rigby kid. Mm-hmm. An Idaho kid. He was born in fucking Utah. And they died claim in Utah. him for a little while, but and well, he and he really actually there. did come up with a lot of his inventions. While he, was he was there, there. for so really quick years. though. His invention that was through a mail order catalog, and he mm-hmm. won first place twenty five dollars, which mm-hmm. back then yep. was a pretty That's decent a price. His big. invention was an anti theft car magnetized car lock. lock car yeah. locks at like eleven years old. Yeah, 11, yeah. 11 or twelve, old. he invents That's this just wild and wins. Um. So he ex- excelled at chemistry and phys- physics in Rigby High School. Now you got to keep in mind, like we're we're talking nineteen eighteen. This is a, like a prodigy type kid. He uh, at that time he was talking to his teacher and asking for advice about an electric television uh, that he was considering. This is a kid that's like 
15, 16 years old, maybe, and he's talking to his high school teacher. And at that time, no one knew what a television was. Well, no, they did, but they all had the, the it was those mechanical televisions yeah, they we were, were talking all, about. They were all mechanical. They were all like it's spinning a disc. Said it, yeah, it said it put the, it would mechanically, it had an image that would go through a spinning disc with holes cut in it to go on to a screen. So I'm sure it was really choppy. Yeah. Well, that's like, like we were talking about the lines that roll on, on a TV. That's Almost where old that comes TVs, from. That's where they come from. Yeah. Is, is that original. Mm-hmm. So he comes up, work. so he's in high school and he comes up with the idea for a vacuum tube. He's like, if we could use a vacuum tube and run electricity through it, it'll clean up the picture and it, we can actually broadcast it. So, this so not is, only does he come up with the TV, but he comes up with the broadcasting device for the TV. And he, and he does that, a sketch for his teacher. Yeah, well, like takes up three blackboards or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and, and the teacher encourages him to, to really kind of develop the ideas. So a few years later, they move to Provo. Yeah. So uh, back fa- to Utah. Family decides to go back to Utah. He goes to Brigham Young High School. Uh, and so, um, Brigham the, University. No, no, no Brigham, Brigham High, high School. High school. Oh, so he's high still school. in high school at this point. So this is. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, and and um, in January of the following year, his dad dies. Um, uh, his his father died of pneumonia in 1924. Fifty eight years old. So not like pretty old. He had he must have had Philo pretty old because Philo's not even eighteen and his dad's fifty eight, so forty years old he has this kid. It never really said, but I'm assuming he had all a bunch of brothers and sisters, I would yeah, guess. Yeah, he's Mormon a family. Mormon family from Beaver, they probably had like three hundred brothers and sisters. <laughs> doesn't really say. <laughs> uh but he gra- population. So he graduated from high school in nineteen twenty four, so that year, so he was a senior when his dad died. Uh he had applied to the US Naval Academy uh at Annapolis. Um and this is the craziest at that point in time, he earned the nation's second highest score on their recruiting tests. Yeah. That tells you something. how intelligent this kid was. Um, but he's thinking about these things that he's been developing, like his television, and realizes if he goes into the military, they're going to own all the shit. Right. So he takes a job in Salt Lake. FYI, just real quick, Philo Farnsworth, Agnes Farnsworth, Lincoln Farnsworth, Carl Farnsworth, Ronald Farnsworth, and Laura his siblings. Yeah. So that's a bunch of, bunch of kids. So he's got a few. So he takes a job, I believe it's like delivering. Well, so he, the way he gets out of the military is interesting. So back then, um, because of, you know, patriarchal society, so he's committed to go to the Naval Academy and be in the military. And the way he gets out and gets an honorable discharge is he uses a provision that says the eldest child in a fatherless family can get excused to provide for his family. So he doesn't actually have a family yet, but he gets out of military service because he's like, my, my dad's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then he takes a job to help. Well, he gets out of military service because he, anything that he invented while he was yeah. working for them would own, the government would own it. Yeah. That's what we were saying. And that's just how he got out. So then he goes to BYU. Honorable discharge. Weird. Mormon going to BYU. Smart Mormon going to BYU. But he's um, only there. It's only BYU for like a year and a half. Yeah. So part of the problem was when he's there, they wouldn't let him go into the classes he wanted to go into, basically. They wouldn't let him take the courses. So he just like snuck into them and he used the labs at, at BYU to start developing stuff until he kind of got kicked out, basically. <laughs> and that, well, and that's where he starts working on his his electronic ideas and the tubes and right. And until he leaves BYU <laughs> and he got a, he got a, a junior radio technician uh, certification, 
from the National Radio Institute, which is kind of a big deal. Like, it means he could service radios and stuff. Um, and he actually meets his wife there. Uh, so while he was in uh, college there, uh, he meets his wife, who's still in high school, uh, Emma, uh, Alma Pem Gardner, um, that he would eventually marry. Uh, and so he, he becomes really good friends with their family. They end up living in like a side by side, like townhouse for a while and being good Mormons. And he ends <laughs> up working with her brother for a while on some projects. Yeah. Cliff, old Cliffy boy. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's actually how he goes to Salt Lake. So he starts a business, um, radio repair business, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Radio repair business. Uh, and with 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 Cliff, and then Cliff, it fails, and Cliff moves back to Provo. But Farnsworth kind of stays in Salt Lake um, for a little bit. Then he then he gets some investors and goes to San Francisco. Yeah, so then he gets investors that believe in this television uh, research and give him six thousand dollars in backing, a lab in Los Angeles, and so he goes to Los Angeles and then eventually moves up to San Francisco. Which back then six thousand. I know there was one of these I read. There was a like a breakdown of what that was. Six thousand back then would have been like a, I don't know, it's like a hundred thousand. Yeah, it was a lot of money so to go at, do a startup at the time in nineteen twenty six. It was a decent amount of money. Yeah, that's that's like saying, hey, uh, we're going to pay for you to move to California and start your business uh, out here. So he gets out there uh, and he starts um, giving his stuff to a patent attorney. Um, and, and he's the, 21 at this. He's, so he's 21. Yeah, he's he's still really so young. young. And these are these are things that he's been developing since he was you know 12, 13 years old, most likely. Uh, and so this is where he starts talking about. And so this is where you're going to see a lot of information about how televisions were at the time. So uh, Nipkow discs. You remember from earlier, Nipkow was one of the early TV guys. Um, Nipkow discs were the actual discs with holes. Uh, and so, like Jeremy said, he thought he could figure out a better way to do it. And so all TVs had to have, you know, motor generators and everything else. And his first TV actually had a motorized generator. Uh, and then he figured out how to take the electromechanical television and change that to all electric. Uh, and this is still, it's 1928. He's 21 years old when they figure this out. Like, that's fucking crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So September 7th, 1927, working in San Francisco... He actually did the very first uh, image dissector camera, is what it's called. He did. He he invited people over and he did a demonstration with it, and he is quoted as saying, "There you are, electronic television," because it worked and floored everybody. Wasn't it a dollar sign? Because everybody was saying, "No, no, no. See dollar signs, or so was that, that something else?" That was that was when he actually did the first fully functioning electric TV. So this one again at that time this was still just had a demonstration, a, had a motor generator. And he's basically saying, look, this is the future of TV. And what he did is he projected a picture of himself uh, on the machine and then somebody in the other room. It, it worked into the other room. Well, it, was, it wasn't himself. It was just a slide. It, was, it wasn't a slide. It was slide. a straight line. A picture line. slide. Yeah. No, it was a slide, like a, oh. like a lab slide. And it was just projecting a straight line on the screen. But, but it Proving what? that it could project something. To the other, to a different room. And people were floored. And so, and he wasn't the first to build electronic television systems, um, but he was the first to create an to actually working, make it feasible. Well, a working all electronic television system. So he was the one that transitioned from having motorized parts to just electricity to generate a picture. It's so weird to think of a TV with motorized parts. It so really is. the first, the first in the eighteen eighties was the first recorded 
theory behind turning pictures into streams of electrical pulses. So the idea had been around at that time, not that long, but still about 25, 26 years. Yeah. The concept that existed, just nobody had actually been Figured able out to, how to do, it. do it. So around this time, this is where uh, another Russian, Vladimir Zworkin, comes in. So RCA recruits this dude and says, hey, we want you to make a better television for us. And everyone knows the name. R- I don't know. Maybe people don't know RCA anymore because it's not a household name like it used to be. It's the puppy with the megaphone. But RCA used to be one of the biggest TV right. producers for years and years and years in home entertainment. I think uh, we have. Or we used to have an RCA. Yeah, we don't anymore. That was a big ugly TV was an RCA. Um, the old big giant cathode tube one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so... But he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't get it. And he actually visits Farnsworth's laboratory and sees what Farnsworth's doing and then starts trying to replicate it. And this <laughs> well, comes, like he borrows and makes copies of his stuff to try and... Yeah, he straight up steals it, um, which is why you have patents, by the way. Um, and so uh, it's interesting because that stuff all comes back because in 1931, RCA offers Farnsworth a hundred thousand dollars for his patent which it He's says like, hell no it says in today's market that's about a, almost a million that's yeah. worth almost yeah. a million and, and keep in mind this is in 1931 this is the fucking great depression this is a horrible time to have someone after, offer you a hundred thousand dollars it's it's bonkers so but he they stipulated he had to be an employee of rca and all his shit belongs to them and he didn't want to do it so he joins the philco company and i was trying to find out who philco turned into um, but I, I don't think it, really I think it went anyone. defunct. I think it yeah. said something about it going defunct, but RCA like sues him and, and for the patent rights or something. And it goes back to when he was showing his teacher. Well, he, he actually sues RCA. Uh, Is that what it, it was? Yeah, it's several years in a legal battle. Seven years. Yeah, seven but years. It goes literally goes back to him showing the teacher and and the t- teacher saying, "Yeah, the teacher testified. Hey, sh- hey. He showed me this, like when he was twelve. So no, it wasn't you." And, and basically, he ends up winning, uh, and uh, RCA has to license. Um, like a million dollars, I think. It's like they, almost two million. Uh, yeah, they had to license everything that they had done at that point. Uh, and then future licenses to him. And he, I mean, he made out like a bandit. This is in, this is in like 1930s, 1940s money. Unfortunately though, well, fortunately and unfortunately, he took that money and he turned it back into his own businesses and he had some pretty bad spending habits. So unfortunately <laughs> he burned through two million dollars back in the thirties. He burned like through. Like that would have, that's, that's some in today's burning. Money, that's good money. But yeah, he burned through it. Well, so you have to think, I mean, this, the, the TV, and that's the, that's the huge invention, right? The TV is the one that everyone can remember. But this is where it gets interesting. So that, that lawsuit that he wins, uh, and, and that money, part of him burning through it is all the stuff that he's inventing. Right. So he's opening up these offices. He's, he's inventing, these are, he's inventing stuff for NASA. He, he, so, um, the traditional, like, radar system that you see. The, 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 like, sweep radar system. He helps be the forerunner in the invention of that. And, right. like, like, the submarine radar is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, like, like, uh, 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 the PPI projector. I think it might even still be used today. I'm not sure. But that's, like, s- s- paves the way for what air traffic control uses even still today, uh, is some of the stuff that, that he created. Um, he was one of the pioneers in nuclear fusion. Yeah, that was a big one for him. 
was nuclear fusion. He also invented the first uh, baby incubator, meaning when a baby has jaundice. Yeah, and they stick them in the little pod. Stick them, so he was one of the original creators of that. Yeah, I mean, it's the so like notable stuff. Um, sorry, let me get down to it. Um, he uh, so he had patents on a whole bunch of television stuff, obviously. Um, the fusion thing. Now, the fusion that he came up with wasn't widely adopted anywhere, but it paved the way for a lot of other stuff. Um, he had a whole bunch of cathode amplifiers and charge amplifier patents. Like the guy had thousands of patents. I think a couple thousand when it was also. Awesome. I think at one point, even the patent office, he had to fight with them for something, and the court had to rule on his behalf. Uh, he uh, had a huge hand in the electron microscope. Um, yep. Something that people don't the think about. The gastroscope and yeah. the astronomical telescope. Uh, x-ray projection devices. He had a big hand in a lot of x-ray equipment. And infrared nightlight. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it's, infrared. Like the technology that that's infrared was based off of. It's, was and in. this is all cutting edge stuff when he's doing most of this stuff. Like this is, these are like all in the 30s and 40s. Like this is just crazy. The amount of patents that this guy's doing and he's not even midlife yet, really. I mean, maybe for him it was by that point, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Jeremy said, he burned through all his money. Uh, and Well then, yeah, so then he ends up selling, so he, he had created his own company, what was it called? Farnsworth Television and Radio Corporation. He founds it in 1938, by 1949, so only 11 years later, he's out of money, he has to sell it. So, yeah, so ITT buys it. Yeah, is this when he cashed out his life insurance policy? Uh, no, that comes a little bit later. So ITT buys this company in 51. And makes him their head designer so it's kind of a two-part thing so they bring him on they're super excited about him however within i think not even nine years later they let him go because his ideas are are making him broke in 1965 he lasted quite a while but that's when all the board was like you gotta cut his nuclear fusion project and you gotta make him sell off this weird subsidiary that he's got it's not making money it's costing us stuff um, so in 1967, he comes back to Utah to do research at BYU, um, and they offer him office space and a bunker uh, to do stuff for the fusion lab. Um, and, you know, he ends up going to Salt Lake City and uh, doing a bunch of stuff in Salt Lake. They're not that far away. And that's when he starts doing, um, gets that contract with NASA. Um, and he creates this company, um, PTFA, I'm trying to remember what the fuck it stands for. Philo T. Farnsworth something. Um, uh, uh, Philo T. Farnsworth Associates, uh, which is like a consulting firm. But in 1970, they can't get any more financing. And he's cashed out all the stock that he had That's in ITT. That's why he's cashed everything out. And, and you've heard of ITT. Uh, you know, the Intermountain you know, Telegraph and Telephone is what it International. Or international yeah, is what it's, it's what it stood for back then. Back and it then. changed over the years. It became like ITT Technologies and you've, you've seen, they're now defunct as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a massive corporation worth a lot of money. He had already gotten rid of all his stock. That's when he cashed out his life insurance policy to try and keep the, the thing afloat. Uh, and basically he ends up getting fucked. He loses everything. Um, and then, you know. Well, and then sadly he gets addicted to painkillers and, and alcohol. Alcohol and, and Dies of pneumonia just like his dad in 1971. Yep. So he's only 64 when he when he. So I outlived his dad by six years. And not only did he die penniless, he died with huge debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Which well, I feel bad because his wife lived to be 98. She lived till 2006. But you know, he's, uh, the Time Magazine named him one of the most, 100 most influential people of the century, uh, for the 1900s. Um, I, he really is. I mean, the pioneer of electronic television, like I was saying about the phone earlier, like, who would have thought, like, 20 years ago, that was unimaginable, that right. you would have TV in the palm of your hand anywhere you wanted to go. That's just hard to believe 20 years ago. And this guy was pioneering this stuff in the early 1900s. Yep. It just, he's just fucking brilliant. Oh, well, and something funny about him is he never owned a TV and he never allowed his children to watch TV. At least. And he was only on TV once for that for Guess interview. Who game. Twice. Was it twice? Yeah, twice. But, but yeah. one of them was on that Guess, Guess Who and for no one knew inventing who he was. the electromagnetic no one television or whatever. And then he did one other interview for, with like CBS or something like that. But he was, in true fashion, he was a recluse. An, an eccentric inventor. Like, Well, when you're that smart, you don't, like it mentioned somewhere in the articles that he had a hard time like even really holding down really good conversations because he was just in a different place in his brain than the rest of well, us. Well, yeah, that's that's what usually happens with geniuses, right? Like maybe now we we associate some of the things that go on with them as maybe they're partially on the spectrum. Like their social skills, their capability to interact with people is severely limited, but their the brain is processing. But the part stuff. of the brain that's working is like overtime working. Yeah, and maybe some of it is. Their brain is working so hard at the other stuff that it downplays the social well, it stuff. Well, it said in the articles that I read, it said he didn't sleep well. He would often get up at 2 in the morning to start working on things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that When you've got that much sense. stuff going through your head. I mean, have you ever like been laying there and you realize something and you just can't wait to get up to go see if it's going to work? Like if you're, if you've got a million projects like that running through your head, like, like I can imagine that'd be hard. Television. Yeah. And- like. Baby oh, I think I just thought of a solution to this thing. Like, you want to get up and go try it. Well, that's like, I mean, you think about it, like, it's the kind of science now that is on that edge is like quantum theory and quantum mechanics. Like, those are the kinds of things that are at that level. Uh, and he was just so far ahead of all that. And he had, he didn't have, he had education, but not like these other scientists who had PhDs. Yeah, he didn't have it. He got a high school education, and he probably... Well, he went to BYU. For a year. No, yeah. So didn't. just saying, it, his smarts were the real deal. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't... And a lot of it, like, self-taught. Like, he didn't have a book to figure out how to rewire the generator in the house. He just did it. He just figured it out at 12 years old. That's just... That's just fucking genius. That's Jonathan's age. I can't imagine him rewiring our house. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> I don't think you'd let him if he wanted to try. Re, like redoing an engine, uh, a generator and fixing it. Yeah, it's crazy to think of to put it in that perspective. Yeah, like that's that's absolutely crazy. Would you even let him crazy. take no. apart one of the lawnmowers? No. <laughs> but I mean, as you, as you hear, I mean, he spent some time. You don't even let him stay alone yet. <laughs> Not for too long. Yeah. So so Philo. No, fuck you, Idaho. He's not yours. He lived in... And he's buried in the Provo Cemetery. Yeah, he he lived in Rigby for like four years. While they should put the statue at his school. grave. But so so Philo... I think they're bringing it back to the Capitol, right? I think so. Well, no, they're Idaho. talking about putting it down in the in Beaver. Yeah, that, that um, would be fine, too. But so, but did you know it. how it got started? It was a classroom in 1985 petitioned for the statue to be made in the first place. Well, That's because awesome. every yeah. state yeah. was allowed to have two. two. Yep. 
up till that point, we only had one. It was Brigham Young. And so some little kids were like, hey, hey we should have a second one. Everybody yep. else is allowed to. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Well, and, and so he's very much a Utah person. You know, some of our infamous Utahns last year. Maybe like California being like, no, he needs to be here because this is where he set up his yeah, lab. because he had a lab in LA for two <laughs> years. Or Philadelphia being like, well, he worked here for five years. Or he Maine, be where here. he built a dam. Yeah, like he worked all Jeff over the country. Jeff was like, we'd be home of the television or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 He would have he would have invented that no matter where he was. Well, probably not in Beaver without a uh, electricity. Yeah, that makes it hard. That that was a big deal for him. That was a big turning point where he got to you know use his intelligence in, in a in a futuristic fashion, I guess. Well, he'd been, so he'd been reading about it though since he was like four from he'd Popular Science Magazine. Popular Science yeah. Magazine. Well, and I guess there were a bunch of magazines and stuff in the the attic of the home sh- that he moved to at his uncle's that he was. <laughs> that he I, I just like. You just glossed over that. He had been reading from the age of four, four. popular yeah. mechanics. There yeah. are 30 something year olds that can't popular fucking science. read and understand yeah. popular science. And I, popular can't. Crazy, huh? I can't. Yeah. And, I'm 44. Yeah. And, and he's reading it at like four. Can you imagine it's his amazing. parents being like, what? But it's so cool that <laughs> dick he has spots. Run, dick, run. <laughs> That's four and five year old reading level. If that most a of turn of century. I mean, I guess it depends on on the kid. Like some kids are more advanced than that. Like I had Doctor Seuss books memorized at four, but not popular mechanics. Well, but and yeah, he's thinking like, of these ideas that from the eighteen eighties, and he's like, "How can I? How can I change this?" As a twelve year old, how on can a farm. I change this? Really? How can yeah. I make these pictures? Out of electricity, like yeah. How how can that's I what take he was the thinking. same? Like, yeah, that's just I, it's it's so hard for me to fathom that. Well, it said that it's when he was plowing the field, so he's out there with two horses plowing the field. These these just probably mile long lines, and that's where it dawned on him to 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 make the lines, the yeah. electronic lines, is from plowing a field at twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Like instead of using a circular for disc, why aren't we pushing lines across? We can create image with lines, so. I'd imagine when he told his teacher, his teacher was just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But you keep doing that. Good for you. I, I mean, mean <laughs> I, you gotta give him credit for not just calling him crazy and telling him to go fly a kite. Well, I mean, like, if you saw a kid draw diagrams and everything at 12 years old, I don't think, I don't know any person that could, like, say, no, Oh, there's people crazy. out there that would just be like, you're crazy, that's insane, you're not going to be able to figure that out, you're just a kid. There's people about, that would do that. I don't know about an educator doing that, though. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Glad his didn't. I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean... I don't want to dis. I don't want to discredit educators, but there are some out there that are just they're, they're just done, shitty. and they're just like. No, no I think it was a different only time teachers though. They couldn't. They couldn't hack it in another profession. Well, the nineteen twenties though. <laughs> the nineteen twenties. If you made it through the sixth grade, you were doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, most most kids didn't make it that far. Like eighth grade was like tip top at that point, and he graduated high school. I know so. my grandma uh, would tell the story that. And she was, it was just probably the late twenties, early thirties. All the girls in her family got to go to fourth grade and then they had to stop to work the farm. Yeah. Well, and that's the case. Like he was on a farm then too. And he's going to high school while on a farm. Yeah. My grandma was born in, I think I remember if it was 27 or 28 and she lied to my grandpa about how old she was and got married at 16. Like think about the, like how old are you? Uh, just such a different time. Well, on a yeah. 240 acre farm in the 1920s. That's humongous. With horses. Like, yeah, no horses and hand plows. There's no, there's no electrical equipment yet. That's just wild. That's crazy stuff. So There's no set it and, and forget it. No. 
hopefully you guys like this this move down Philo T's Farnsworth Lane for. <laughs> I really do want to want to go down. Want to go? Does that not exist in you? The Martha Hughes Cannon. Well, maybe next route. One. Just because I fell down that rabbit hole as I was researching. His statue and stuff, and maybe, maybe next month. That'll be she's good. pretty yeah. cool. She'd be she'd be cool because we've talked about her before when that story came up, and she's going up to the Capitol. Maybe we should so. do it the month that she's put at the Capitol. Do we oh, know that's when that's going to be? No, it's, not yet. It's soon though. It's sometime this year for sure. You got to haul that heavy fucking bronze statue up there. Those things aren't. It right. looks really nice. They unveiled it this week. Uh huh. There's a ton of pictures of it on the internet and how they formed it, and you know they make the mini versions and all that. It's really cool. So, so Mr. Farnsworth, we salute you. Uh, you we're have... all saluting. You can't see it, but we're all. Saluting. Well, Justin, can you find like a TV clip to like insert in there? Something about yeah. TV? No. Quote. I could. Ish. But I won't. <laughs> I'm being what honest. do I pay for this board for? Uh, not for me to <laughs> post something, like do something in post. Like if I found it right now, <laughs> I guess I could do that. No, it's you okay. Guys, Next time. The, the problem is, yeah, exactly. Like if I if I go look for something and and stop talking, then it just goes quiet, and that because is not. We, good we're podcast. not really good at continuing to talk. When we see him stop, we all are have kind of been trained that maybe something's wrong, and we should all shut up. <laughs> Which isn't a bad idea. I mean, you've have you've trained you've trained us like Pavlov's Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog. Well, I don't give you treats when you do something. No, but you you've chastised us enough when you're trying to. Whoa, that's something like this. Is this old <laughs> progress. Nineteen thirty-two. This is just a this is just a <laughs> this thing is like, of television. It's a carousel sounds. progress. <laughs> These are all old school TV sounds. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So like fucking eight minutes of YouTube playing television yes. sounds. Like old. Let's see. Old television sounds. <laughs> That's incredible. You just need to make like a file on your computer that has sounds that... <gasps> we could do the... Some white noise. Let's see. Apartment ambient AC TV fans. Oh, that's almost like they're ringing in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> should I'm not we, kidding. Should we just let the show end with this and not play the outro music? Just let that'd it be end kind of, That'd be kind of cool. On this? As a salute to Philo. Yeah. How's that? Is that good for your ears? I've heard that before. It's just TV static. No, but I mean like... That's the aliens. That's what happens when you try to watch the porno channels. Uh, and they're scrambled. In between channels. Yeah, and you're trying to see the... You were trying to see the Playboy channel, right? And it's like flicking, like. Yeah. So this is the kind of sound you would get. Old tube TV when and it turned on. And your parents walk in, and you're like. I remember when I was a little kid with RTV, the tubes would burn out, and you'd have to replace the tube. In the Are back your, of it, your parents had an old TV. They did. I just remember the TV on my parents' counter that had the dial. You could only go up to thirteen because there was just a dial. There's no such thing as beyond 13. Yep. <laughs> I was going to stop there, but I can't. That's okay. For, I was like, I stopped recording because I thought it was a, it would be funny, but then I forgot we got to tell people where to find us. <laughs> I got to do our little exit. Because I got I got to tell people while the ringing in Bree's ears gets louder. Um, I'm just going to let these play in the background, by the way. Do it. Uh, where to find us. Yeah. Uh, so we're on Twitter and Facebook at TNU Podcast. Uh, on 
Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook is the New Utah Podcast. TheNewUtah.com. Uh, and if you like what you hear, uh, including this background noise. <laughs> this is literally almost what I hear all the time. It's the TV on static. It's not quite that loud, and there's no static. It's just the high-pitched part of it. The little high-pitched squeal. Uh, Bree has hearing loss problems, hereditary. Thanks, Mom, Grandma. Uh, what did the, the audible per, the, uh, the audible audiologist? person? The audiologist. That's what I meant to say. What did she say that, that's the, the, the specific hearing loss you have? Well, there's a, it's a slang term. I don't remember the exact one, but it's called cookie syndrome. And it's basically, you see. Hold on. Like, I got to turn this down. I can't really hear you. The way. <laughs> the way your hearing is, is recorded is like an, you know, it's like a, a graph wave. So like an EKG or something. Imagine just you know, an up and down little thing. And it's in literally where I'm missing what I can hear. It's like somebody took a bite, like it just dips down into a curve and then comes back up. But I also have, um, tinnitus. And so I have hearing loss and then I have ringing, constant ringing in my ears. That was super interesting to all of you listening. No, it's really cool. So basically, and yeah, she said it was like other people that work in construction all their life or, uh, and she goes, or musicians. And she goes, you don't look like either of those, so it must be hereditary. <laughs> and so I talked to my mom, and my mom said that when she'd gone to the audiologist and looked at her graph, that that's she. Her audiologist wasn't cool and call it cookie thing to remind her, but but that's the same shape that was gone out of hers. So, uh, so that's gonna do it for the night. Uh, let us know what you think about this segment because I think we're gonna do it for at least uh, eleven more months, probably. Uh, maybe we'll keep going. <laughs> Really, the infamous Utah thing, we ran out of really good ones. Uh, famous no, Utah. I don't think we ran out of them. I think we're we just tired of, of, of wanting to talk bands. about sadness. So, and we might sprinkle some in as we go because they're still famous, even if it's an infamy thing. Um, but, uh, but we're going to try and do this segment, uh, every month and maybe for the rest of our existence as a podcast, which is almost at four years. I'm just, Throwing that out there. That's a long fucking time, guys. It's awesome. Four years. We're like two months two months away, three months away. What is it? Episode 192? So yes. May 26th. I know, but I'm trying to think in terms of episode count. So 208, so we have 16 to go. Three months. 200 is in March. Yeah, 16 to go. That's interesting. So, so two months, three months, four, four months, four months. I'm dumb. Four weeks a month, four months. What are we going to do? Are we going to do anything special? I thought you were having tacos. <laughs> that, I didn't say what am I making you for food. <laughs> <laughs> we, should come, we should do something special uh, for for four years. That's a that's a big deal. That's a, lot that's of a day after Memorial Day. But should we do a 200, though? 200, 200th episode instead of the 208? I am a firm believer of exact things. Like I liked when Brandy did weeks and stuff, but you freaked out and would only recognize months. Yeah, that's Henry fucking weird. The, the weeks thing is ridiculous. Still, the baby's a year old, like six hundred weeks. I know it only goes to fifty-two, but uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, you don't have hearing loss. Yeah.